Well, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, uh, sponsored by Roughnecks. Man, this is already starting off bad, but we're just going to keep on going. I'm Josh, not Mike, Woo. and with me tonight is Kev, uh, just the two of us. So the Hounds uh, smashed, smashed? They, yeah, smashed. they smashed the Rowdies, yeah. uh, clinched the playoff spot, and uh, yeah, we're going to break it all down. But uh, first... Victory you beverage. Get better, you get better and better at that. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, victory brewing, victory beverage, brotherly love. Is that still from the initial sponsor uh, partnership? It's still from the initial partnership. <laughs> we have not gone through a whole case of beer, which I guess that's good. That I still have it, but it's a gray area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like five left too. I have plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. There's say only three out. games left of the season. And we need... <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, granted, there's playoffs, and maybe I'll, I'll need more for the playoffs. But you know, all, all in all, yeah, I think it's a pretty good sign or a pretty good uh, stack of beer that I don't have to worry about for a while. <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, before we get into the game, anything, any updates? Do anything fun over the week? Um, leave the house uh, at least. <laughs> I did leave the house. That was that was a that was a nice nice improvement. Um, no, I mean, what you just went to. Asheville last weekend and uh we're going this upcoming weekend um so really looking forward to it i don't know if you got to see any of the uh fall foliage but um when you were down there yet but uh we're kind of hoping to 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 catch that this weekend yeah we we pretty much just stuck to the city the whole time like we did not leave i know it's supposed to be a great place to go on hikes and that kind of stuff and like did not leave the city and went to a no when we go there yeah we do the same thing we just yeah just hang out but but yeah, people. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing next weekend. It'll be fun. Cool. Yeah. The was it the the Portland of the East? I don't know. Is that a thing that they call it? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it feels <laughs> right. Um, I I, the, I think the the first time that we went there, we went there because like we read an article of like yeah, it's like the beer capital of like east of the Mississippi or something as far as like brewery density by population or something um it's kind of ridiculous uh and it, it made it sound really nice so yeah and then we went there and it's yeah it's a bunch of bunch of hipster crunchy vegetarian beer brewery coffee shop greenery hiking stuff so yeah it's right yeah, you, you have that but then you also have this weird dynamic there where i don't know if you've noticed this or if you will notice it when you go again uh a lot of like giant shiny pickup trucks cruising downtown and just like kind of like they're like showing off their truck because they're, they're not like work trucks they had they've never hauled anything in their lives it just looks like trucks that are like super clean super big way too big to be driving around a city and then every once in a while they'll just like rev their engine or like roll coal where they just like have the black smoke come out of the back yeah. like ha, ha, ha. i'm like what are you doing in the city yeah. like <laughs> I, I you know i've never noticed that but that might be a thing of yeah, I don't, like you know, it's that's like instead of showing off your 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 Lambo, yeah, you know, show, show off your sweet truck, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's talk about the game because it was an awesome game. Uh, I was there. Good atmosphere. It's Sunday. Sunday games are weird because one, they start a little bit earlier. Like we start at six instead of seven, uh, and everyone has work the next day, and you definitely get like a a little bit of an atmosphere where it's kind of like not down but definitely not as hype as a saturday game it looked but, a little less attendance yes. too okay yeah it was it was not you know a huge attendance for this game i don't know what the official count was but 
tell you what, though, as soon as the game started and like everyone knew it was an important game. So it, it the atmosphere picked up fast. And then obviously, as the game went along, it got better and better as far as atmosphere goes. Um, so do you want to go this by the order the events happen or do you want to go like what do you want to talk about first? Let's do the order of the events that, that happen and a, and a quick kind of follow up on the atmosphere, at least. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it throughout the podcast, but I mean, watching it um, from from the stream. Yeah, it was like the Steel Army like looked a little a little more thin, but not by much. Um, but it, it was loud. I mean, like especially I mean, the key moment around um, uh, the pen that Vitiello saves uh, like audible distortion like Ooh. it was yeah a lot of noise is really cool um and then even small things i like uh that that the mic picks up um i could be reading into this but it feels like uh you know our crowd maybe the u.s in general but i'll say our crowd um celebrates defensive plays a lot more than like what i'm used to watching a lot of other soccer i really like that i hope that's the case um because there will be times where it's like yeah like the one and we'll talk about it in more detail where where tampa like almost scores off of dos santos dos santos's header um it was cheered like it was a goal like you know everyone was into it and i was like yeah all right like this is great <laughs> like you know i love to hear that it's you know i think a lot of and a lot of those situations in other games and other fans you kind of get like like an exhale like like we got away with on there but like you know everyone's like yeah and it was so yeah, I, like, yeah. Y- You'll see that for like PK saves. Like usually that's yeah. when like a normal crowd will get like super excited for a defensive thing. It's like, oh, all right, they saved it. But yeah. you're right. Like I, I do feel like I don't even know if it's like a Pittsburgh thing or is it just American sports thing. I have to pay more attention, but definitely just cheering on the plays uh, in general. Just like a good slight tackle or something like that, especially that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm with you. I have a narrow view when it comes to like broader American sports, but like I grew up on watching the Steelers religiously. I grew up, you know, with that kind of stuff, and and they're you know what steel curtain, like you know, big defense. That was always like Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> thing, right? Like and yeah, and it seems like it's a Pittsburgh thing. I mean, we're we're kind of blue collar, hardworking people, and so defensive plays seem uh, right up our alley. So let's go to the was it twenty fifth minute I think uh, possible Rowdy's goal it it hits the top bar and then goes down and is not ruled a goal uh, I couldn't see it worth crap from the stands because it's all the way at the other end of the stadium so I had no clue what was going on at the time I just thought oh cool it was not even close like you know you know probably was in front of video or something like that but watching the replay when i got home it was a lot closer than i thought could not tell at all though no i will say one thing though the line judge was like the linesman he was right there like on the sideline even with the the line like i i'm pretty positive it would have gone in he would have been able to see it because it didn't look like there was anyone blocking his view yeah, no, I agree. He the, the the lines the lines judge was like stone cold, like just like all right, yep, and 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 a, and a no call. It, yeah, the camera angles. I mean, if they showed any more, which I'm sure they did during the live stream um, when I was watching it, it didn't reveal a clear cut uh, answer to it. And I mean, and I have <laughs> I have a general criticism among these announcers. Um, again, I feel like I've criticized them previously. Um, for other things about this game, but this one, I was kind of annoyed at this one too. Like the first replay they see, 
they're like, oh, it was a goal. And I was like, what? Like, how did you see that? Like, they didn't even slow it down. And it was slightly obscure, you know, obstructed. And I was like, and then and then they kept replaying it. They're like, yeah, it's a little harder to see. And like, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell. Uh, and I think it's one of those things. I mean, with with those camera angles, with the with the speed at which the game moves, and at this level, you know, we don't have goal line technology or anything like that. Some some are going to bounce your way, some aren't, and uh, you know, we'll take we'll take the the I don't want to call it a non call, but we'll, you know, we'll take the out that, yeah, that kind of outcome. It's it's one of those things where until we like even just broadcast wise, like not even talking about VR VAR here, like just like having camera angles, having more cameras on the field to actually yeah. see stuff um, just for our viewing pleasure isn't really up to snuff compared to other uh, leagues. Uh, so it would be nice if we could like, you know, maybe get some cameras that are like along the the touch line, that kind of stuff where we can actually kind of see the angles a little bit better. Um, I wonder we're how many a lot cameras... better though. Go ahead. I, was say, I wonder how many cameras they actually like allocate per game and if it like varies by stadium and stadium and or if it varies by game by game um because it feels like we we might have two or three cameras have, on the stream yeah we have like three well i think there's actually technically four because there's one handheld camera that they'll mm-hmm. cut to every once in a while but maybe not on the stream now i'm thinking about it. that might just be for the jumbotron but there's but it, definitely three <laughs> yeah it, and when it feels like the stadium allows i mean you know I, it seems like the main stand uh, like the non-steel army stand you could just kind of park a camera on either upper corner of each and pretty much i'm guessing it lines up pretty nicely with with the, that's what they do goal lines yeah yeah um but i mean like we didn't like if let's say those cameras were there i mean they weren't filming <laughs> otherwise we would have like seen that angle right i, I would assume it could i could be wrong um, but we didn't see that angle. But, yeah, uh, they're all more in the middle, though. It's like yeah. there's the press box in the middle of the grandstand. And, like there's a camera on either side of it, usually. But right. regardless, you couldn't see it. Couldn't tell from the stream. Yeah. I would think that the rest would get that one right. If I was on the other side of this, if I was, you know, a Rowdy's fan seeing this or if it would have been on our side of the, the pitch, I would probably would have been angry. But I don't know. It's one of those things where eh, you can't really tell. Like, I don't know you want it to when be the, true <laughs> yeah and and i would say i don't know for me the run of play up until that point too um i mean they weren't they weren't piling on the chances in the first half i mean they they, they had a few uh that was mm-hmm. obviously the biggest one uh in the first half um but i would say the story mostly for the first half um was i, don't know, I thought we controlled the game pretty well i mean i, I think it started off a bit more back and forth um tampa had some energy and i think around the 30th minute i mean we we felt comfortable just holding on to the ball and there was there's a passage of play where we felt very comfortable just kind of cycling it from one side from our back line to the other kind of back and forth back and forth and we really started to kind of you know build up this kind of pressure cooker environment and and you know I, i think over the course of the 90 that might that might have had an effect um i mean the likes of what Forrest Lasso, all these you know accolades of how good he's supposed to be. I mean, he didn't have a good game against us. Um, he, he had a pretty poor game, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I thought I thought we played pretty. I thought I thought the pace of the game in the first half. I mean, this chance that that kind of goes off the goal line that we've been discussing. 
really their only big their kind of big chance that comes off a set play and Forrest Lasso wins the header actually as I kind of backtrack a little bit on, on the Forrest Lasso <laughs> thing but um you know it, it so yeah it felt like they were an away team coming to counter it didn't feel like they were you know a team that won their last 13 or whatever and haven't lost since July I mean we we really kind of I thought controlled the game pretty well in the first half and like just going to the lineup for this game like it felt we were definitely going for the win on this one. Yeah. Like, what do we have? Like, yeah, like a Cicerone, Dixon, and Williamson up top. And it's like, wait, what? Like, that's a lot more pressure than what we usually have. I mean, we rolled that out against Miami. And from memory, I think we talked about it last week. I think that was the first time where that happened. And then we do it again. Um, which, I mean, I'm really happy to see. I mean, I don't, we talked last week about how I think we were all kind of on the same page where, like, at this stage when where we're at draws don't really concern us. We need to be, you know, going for the win and the beginning of that Miami game where it was a bit more of a tennis match and we just kind of went for it. Um, felt like it maybe tipped the scales in our favor a little more. And that could have been something interesting to play with. albeit at a weird part of the season when we're supposed to be kind of hitting our stride going in the playoffs. But, um, but I thought it played, played out really well in this game. I mean, we, we, I think he maybe does a little bit of a kind of, middle point halfway house thing where you know it's it's not it's not a it's not a strict back forward two center backs and two fullbacks right i mean kill wine he plays that kind of outside center back in a three sometimes so he feels pretty comfortable doing that and if we need to get into certain scenarios where you know wharton or, or whoever kind of slides out to to a kind of a wide wind wing back role and we're kind of under pressure than we can but I thought it worked out really well. Um, I thought Veet played really well. I mean, I know I'm, I'm skipping around here and no, we're, fine. Sp- yeah. we're supposed to go like kind of chron- chronologically and we will, but I thought Veet had a really good game. We, you know, we, we, uh, we, we struggled against Miami. He struggled against Miami big time and to bounce back the way he did. I mean, I think, you know, he created, he created some chances in the first half where I think I, I remember one where he drives into the box and cuts it back. And I think Williamson kind of, kind of swings his foot at it and, and, I forget. I forget how the play ends, but you know he was pinging balls left and right. He was controlling the ball, controlling the play well. So, yeah, I, I thought he, he bounced back pretty well and was was stable defensively against you know DeSantos, who can be kind of a handful. Yeah. So let's let's move to the first goal, uh, Williamson getting it, and it was a weird like it was right in front of the Steel Army, and when he got the the cross. He, I couldn't tell if it was on purpose. The way he did it, like the way he turns the ball, like he kind of like doesn't let it hit the ground and and kind of just bounced off his shin. It looks like a little bit, if I remember right, and turned and then just ripped it in. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I I, yeah. I really like Williamson. I think he's he's growing into his character. I mean, I don't know where you were or, or where you stand in the Steel Army, but the fact that he just like immediately goes to Steel Army and like yep. goes for the hugs and everything and. He's, you know, for a loney who's a young guy uh, who hasn't gotten a lot of playing time this year, I like his 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 moxie when it comes to this <laughs> stuff. Uh, so no, and and you know, I hope he keeps getting the start. Um, I think when given the minutes, you know, he and 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 this could, this wasn't the only goal, right? I mean, it, or it wasn't the only goal. It, it wasn't his only chance. I mean, he could he could have had you know, at least one other one I can think of, but I mean, yeah, what I think Kilwine swings in the swings in the cross, to be honest, not the best cross. And you know, the Tampa defender probably should clear it. Um, but I, I was thinking about this during the game. 
I don't, I mean, this, this wasn't one of those scenarios where we get lucky against a team that's red hot top of the table, you know, they're piling on pressure. We're hanging on for dear life. And then a, just a weird fluke mix up on their back and we end up getting a goal. It felt a lot more like, you know, we were piling on the pressure for the, from the majority of the first half. Those defenders had a lot of chances that they had to defend against. They had a lot of runs they had to, to cover. Um, this wasn't an easy first half for the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay defense. So it wasn't like it was like, oh, we got lucky. I mean, we did in a way. Look, I mean, you know, it's it, it just goes right through his legs when it's an easy clearance for the Tampa Bay <laughs> defender. But um, but I think on on some level it was deserved where I think we played well enough uh, and we created enough chances in that first half where it wasn't it wasn't out of nowhere. And and yeah, Williamson, I mean, still have to stick those in. And, and, and you're right. It, it, was, it was awkward the way it bounced. Couldn't take it really you know, first time. And you know you don't have a lot of time in the box. And so for him to be able to kind of control it and have the composure to, to slide it away, yeah, it was, it was a good goal. Yeah, so like re-watching the, the play again and again. So it does bounce off the ground first. So it's not like – it's just weird. Yeah, it just has a lot of weird bounce to it. And yeah. I thought he was offside. Like when I first was – because I was like right in front of him. And just because he was so open, like it, yeah. it hit the defender first and then goes to him. And I'm like – Oh, he has to be off. Like for some reason, I was just seeing in my head, like because he was by himself. <laughs> but that's probably it, right? Yeah. Like, if, if it, yeah, if it is the defender, right? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, but yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, probably offside. But then I was like, oh, wait, no, nope, that's yeah. cool. Okay, cool, <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Oh crap, I had to let off smoke, so I had to run over and let off the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> does that ever a quick digression? Is, does that ever take the edge off some of your excitement after we score a goal? If you're the smoke guy. Not really, because you get a pop of smoke. You know what yeah, I mean? Like true. at that point, like you're literally like pulling a linchpin off of a yeah. smoke grenade, and you're just like, "Yeah, <laughs> nice." So yeah, it, it does nothing but help, in my opinion. Nice. And and then you you stand there and like try to dodge the smoke from getting into your <laughs> mouth, and also trying to like not let it blow onto the field a little bit because I I always feel bad, especially when it's on our side of the the. The field like when we're defending on our side it's like i don't want vidiello to have to breathe smoke yeah. <laughs> like that's my biggest fear is like smoke just goes right into the goal area yeah. it's like okay now if like there's a corner he's screwed like <laughs> i don't know yeah uh, and yeah, we need some like that. air going up against us so it always goes into the stands and not <laughs> onto yeah, the come field. on come on toughy we can we can do that just just some <laughs> industrial fans. fans yeah <laughs> Uh, all right, so that was in the 42nd minute, and then the PK in the next half. Well, the first PK in, in the, <laughs> the second yeah, half. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, wait, which one? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, so uh, Dos Santos. Dos Santos gets fouled in the box, apparently, <laughs> and ends up on the ground, <laughs> and they get a PK. Stop me if you heard this one before. <laughs> was it as soft as like it looked soft it, watching the replays i still think it's soft well i think it's soft because of how dos santos plays the ball i think if, if dos santos like moves the ball in a more controlled way maybe even off to the right because a lot of the the pressure from the hounds defense was coming from his left and so he had a, he had a bit of he had a bit of space off to his right so I think if he had the wherewithal and the control and like the kind of technical ability to kind of turn it there and, and kind of sidestep VTL in that way and he gets taken out, cool, foul all day. But the fact that, yeah, I mean, pressure's coming from his left. 
the way he has to move the ball over Vitiello in order to draw the foul means, yeah, he's never getting to it. So if he, if he legitimately tries to make a play to go around Vitiello or even shoot or whatever, like nine times out of 10, Vitiello makes the right move, comes out, smothers the ball, takes the ball and it's all fine. So I, for me, it's a gray area because Vitiello doesn't get the ball and he takes him out. I mean, so like by the book, yeah, I, I get it. And like, when, but when you kind of try to analyze it in context, he's never getting it. I mean, he's never getting the ball. So, but at the same time, it's weird, right? Because then you also hear all these arguments of like, well, if it's a foul outside the box and it's a foul inside the box, it's like, yeah, but like in that context, I don't know, like it, he could be passing the ball field, but you know, it's, I don't, it's, it's, it's a gray area. I, I would say if it was one of us, if it was one of our players, I'd be very upset if it wasn't called, but yeah, he's never getting the ball and he knows what he's doing. All right. Mike has snuck into the chat and he is going <laughs> off on how much it was soft and how uh, he went in thinking PK only. Uh, he had not shot at, he had no shot at scoring. Yeah. Uh, editorial there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, and I agree with him completely. It's, it's definitely a situation where, he went in looking for the PK. He yeah. definitely like that's what that's why we liked him when he played for us because he was good at drawing the foul and he yeah. drew the foul. And I have no qualms with the fact that we change his chant at this moment. So we used to have a chant for him when he played for us, uh, like "Oh, Steven Dos, Santa, Dos Santos." We changed it to "Oh, Diving Dos Santos," <laughs> and he looked at us and he looked kind of upset at us. And eh, good. <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah we were just that. chanting that while they're setting up for the pk yeah um, i mean it, it yeah it, yeah he he went in looking for the penalty on on some level i i wish i'm i'm walking a tightrope here but maybe maybe less so in those kind of high um I don't know what the word is not like like a not high risk but but no scenarios where where like a pk is on the line and a goal is on the line um high stakes scenario maybe less so but like when you're outside the box and you feel someone kind of tugging on you th- there there were multiple points in this game where i'm just like just go down take the foul it's a foul take the foul <laughs> and let's let's move on and our players never do it and so sometimes i wish i wish we would do that more but, yeah. yeah i mean it's professional i guess you would call it like just a you know knowing the rules of the game and how to get them played in your favor uh, and setting yourself up for a position where they can't help but to foul you. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of where I, it goes. I still want to do a podcast with, with us all and convince you all. I have I have a mission that's saying like wrongfully claiming the throw ins yours is the same thing as diving philosophically. And so <laughs> I want to convince you guys of that. I mean, by by saying when you know it's not your throw in and you just throw your hand up like, oh, it's our throw in. That's the same thing as diving technically. And I want to convince you guys of it, even though it feels very different. Yeah. But the difference is if you do trick the ref, you get a throw in. If you don't trick the ref, it, nothing happens. Yeah. Whereas diving, if you do trick the ref, it's possibly a guy will get a yellow card and it could completely change the rest of the game. Uh, so that's degrees, degrees of difference here. Uh, I feel like I'm just baiting Mike in the chat. So this is what I'm trying <laughs> to do. Yeah, you're, you got him. He's already saying no, Kev. <laughs> Mike, aren't you supposed to be watching your kid's soccer game or something like that right now? <laughs> it's not what I'm hosting right now. Uh, anyway, 
uh <laughs> let's 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 go to the actual pk itself yeah. and the awesome fantastic beautiful save video that i've got i'm not saying it was a great pk it was, was a great PK. it was a crap pk but you know what he still saved it and that's what matters yeah <laughs> yeah no i i was thinking that too i the commentators were like, oh, like, wonderful save by VTLO, blah, blah, blah. And I like VTLO. He's a very nice guy. He's a great keeper. I, I love that he's our keeper. But, like, it was a bad PK. <laughs> he just, he guessed right. And, you know, he, he, he got the save. He, you know, he... <laughs> now I'm just trying to, like, anger people. But I was like, I was like, look, if you really wanted to take it a step further, he could have, like, pushed it out further and, like, not allowed a rebound and everything. But, you know. <laughs> Um, but no, it was a good save. He needed to save it. It was a huge moment. Oh, it was beautiful. Um, it was spectacular. I would have like I almost popped smoke for that save. <laughs> yeah. it, it felt relevant. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it was a huge swing in the game. Because yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the second half, Tampa came out and looked different. I mean, they they changed a few things up right. But they, they, I think they made a sub at halftime. I know they they at least kind of changed up their defense, their like defensive structure. Yeah, they had one sub at halftime. Yeah. Uh, Harris came in uh, for Steinberger. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they did change it up. I couldn't really, again, from the Seal Army section, you can't really tell that much tactics-wise yeah. as far as the change up, especially if you're in the front row. Um, but it, it, it definitely felt like they were going after it. And yeah, that, uh, that PK, at that moment, they had sub four people in different like there was four different subs before Jeez. the pk happened so big changes like they had pretty much used all their subs and the the atmosphere was just like the energy was so high from that yeah. moment on like as soon as he saved that pk it was just like on it was like yep this okay it, we, it came through yeah yeah so um yeah i mean it, and i guess quickly following up on that too um I mean, like, yes. Yeah. So, okay, so so Tampa goes for it. They 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 bring on the pressure, and sure, Penn, whatever, makes the save. And yeah, it, from there, it felt like it turned on its head. And in like the broader context of this too, um, I mean, we've I've already mentioned just how much of a run Tampa was on. I mean, but the fact, I mean, we haven't talked about it yet, and we were probably going to talk about it by the time we were done kind of recapping the game. But in a game where, I mean, last week when we were talking on the podcast, this was like we got to win. Um, you know, the Miami is huge. And then all of a sudden, you know, this great game in Tampa happens. We beat Tampa and then Miami lose to Loudon. <laughs> like <laughs> last week I was ready to be like, yeah, we'll make the playoffs, but what's the point? We're not playing well. This is crap. We're not going to get a home playoff game. I was very down. Yeah. It's entirely changed. Like it's, it's entirely changed. This Miami game now is it's still huge, but man, does it look different after we get a win and they lose, um, you know? So, I mean, it's all to play for. And I think a lot of it stems from that penalty save. I mean, if, if they go one, one, I don't know what happens. I mean, you know, it, yeah. it's, I think it's still a good game. It kind of goes back and forth. Both teams get changes and we would see it happens, but that penalty, that penalty save was huge. And I think, okay, I don't know. I, Honestly, I don't know if the players are checking the scores of the games before mm. their game starts. I kind of think they shouldn't be, but, you know, human, you, yeah. you want to know. The fact that we knew Loudon had beat Miami going into this game, 
I feel like that gives you at least me watching the games like, all right, the fate is a little bit more in our own hands here. It means more to me, you know, like we can not only clinch, obviously, but also just make sure that we are in second place going into our game against Miami. So it's it was a huge, huge deal. And uh, yeah, uh, I love the fact that Miami lost anyway. <laughs> um, and I stand corrected. I was thinking uh, they had made all these a uh, subs before the P- the Miss PK. They actually made all the subs like right after the Miss PK. Um, mm. uh, because then we had our PK and that was it soft as well. <laughs> I thought oh, if it was, I thought it was a lot less soft than Dos yeah. Santos's one, um, because at least in this scenario, Dixon had he had the control to kind of still keep it on a leash, right? He he, he kept the ball on the leash. Like there was a scenario where he was getting to that ball. Now, I mean, he's not he's not through on net one on one with the keeper, but he's in the box, and I thought I thought it was great. I mean, look, I, I think there are certain there are certain opinions around players who are perceived as like, you know, high quality defenders where given the support structure around them, they can look incredible. Um, but, and, and I'm kind of extrapolating this out, not to just Forrest Lasso, but to, to a lot of different defenders, not only in the USL, but all over the world. But as soon as you get someone like Dixon just running at you, and you're you're kind of isolated one on one. I mean, he wasn't isolated. There were players around him, but he was kind of in this in this small way. Uh, Lasso was was isolated one on one with Dixon. All of a sudden, your you know defensive duties get a lot more difficult. And you know Dixon Dixon did a hell of a job to to draw the pen. He gets in close, cuts the ball right when he needs to. And yeah, Forrest Lasso. I mean, I thought clumsily. I mean, like it, that was that was just bad defending from from someone who's supposed to be i'm really tearing into forest lasso here but but someone who should be yeah i'll go (laughs) i'll go into him as well here in a second but you go ahead yeah i mean as someone who's supposed to be this great center back that was really bad defending and it was clumsy and he sticks out a leg and and you know impedes dixon and and it's, it's rightfully a penalty um it just it felt different on the face of it because he wasn't one on one with the keeper, but the, but if you know the pen remains a pen in 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 Dixon's scenario, um, yeah, I mean it was it was a great play. Yeah, I mean I think the biggest difference between the two uh, fouls is Dixon was dribbling the ball into the box and not like trying to get to the ball, and like he like you said he had control and he he had purpose, and I this is why I'm so baffled by the fouls because he's dribbling into the box from pretty far out. Like if you're going to try to close him down, why would you wait until he was in the box to then yeah. like put your foot out? It's like you had plenty of opportunity to just like go at him and like maybe foul him, but at least it's outside the box. It's not going to be a PK. And then lasso the, part that really got me was the freaking him rolling on the ground right after committing the foul, <laughs> yeah. trying to get sympathy, just trying to be like, Oh, I'm hurt. He hit me. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and then, Oh, it was so beautiful. Dixon, after he got the call, flexing, just flexing, <laughs> like lasses on the ground, rolling around crying. And, and Dixon just gets up and just 
sees that he got the PK and just flexes and like <laughs> right over top of Lasso. And it was, uh, it's so beautiful. I, I, maybe that should be a shirt. Okay. One second. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Write that, that down. Should be a- <laughs> I like that. Dix is incredible. I mean, he's having incredible. Well, I mean, his, his numbers, um, I think before the game, they were, they were talking about Dixon's numbers and how close he is to like a double, double this season. He's, he's either on like eight goals, nine assists or nine goals, eight assists or something like that. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I don't think they count assists for penalties. Like, I don't if you draw the pen, I don't think you get no, the assist. No, they don't. No. But it's unfortunate. It should, as far in in my book. I mean, you created, you created the best chance that you could possibly create, right? Like just the stationary eighteen yards out shot on the keeper, and that's just that's what an assist is. You're creating chances for, for your goal score. Uh, I I really want to see him and Cicerone kind of do the double double this this season. I think both of them are incredible players, and it speaks to their kind of range of their of their abilities. They're not just pure goal scorers. I'm I'm probably doing Nico Brett a bit of a disservice here, not remembering Nico's assists. But from memory, Nico was much more of a just pure goal scorer. You know, given the ball, and and he's you know in a simplistic way, very good at shooting <laughs> and, and Cicerone and Dixon, I mean, they can kind of do it all. And, uh, you know, in, in an equal way of how, you know, kind of heartbroken is an over-exaggeration, but heartbroken when, when Ryan James and Von Kiesel left if Dixon and, and Cicerone leave right now, I feel like that's kind of the pillars of our team as far as creativity and, and, and ability. Both of them have, have, have had an incredible season and played really well in this game. Yeah, I mean, and it's a situation where, like, every year I think I, I see this team and I think I can't imagine how different this team would be without these key players. And we get new key players. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I'm trying <laughs> yeah. not to get, like, too, like, you know, oh, we're going to be screwed if we don't have these guys back. It's like, yeah, we'll, yeah. they are doing a great job, though, and they're yeah. so fun to watch. Cicerone, like, okay, well, let's, let's talk about the PK itself. Yeah. Also a weak PK? Yeah, I think I think it was. I think he it, got. I, yeah, yeah, he doesn't get a lot on it, and it 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 does. I don't I don't like stutter steps. I don't like like just run up and kick the ball. Like don't do goofy stuff. And he does this weird like kind of like trailing his leg and like kind of like uh almost like a gallop up to the ball, <laughs> yeah. and then trails a little bit and then kicks it and it ends up not being that much in the corner. It's it's pretty much like you know a a third from the corner and it the he the keeper just dived the wrong way yeah. and so it goes in he he it, there could be a scenario where he's here doing the podcast with us and saying like no no like you just weren't up in that scenario <laughs> like the reason why it wasn't a great pen is because like i did the whole stutter step and just waited until the last minute until the keeper moved and then i just knew i can just slide it into that corner i, I know some players can do that and and have the ability to just wait until like the last millisecond and then just make that decision and just kind of roll it into the side. It didn't look like that was the case with this, and I agree. It looked like a yeah, a lucky pen as far as yeah, just kind of rolling it into the right side. And and to be fair, he did like the whole stuttering, and it's not even really a stutter step. It was just like a weird like it's a foot drag. Yeah, it is yeah, weird. like a yeah. weird thing that he just did, and the keeper actually. Uh, Evan, I think is his first name. I know, kept on chanting Evan uh, when he was over on our side. Uh, he like fell forward. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure if it wouldn't have gone in, 
it could have been called that he was off his line when the ball got mm. kicked because he like it looked like he was just leaning too fo- much forward and he ended up just like having to catch himself right. uh, as he was leaning forward. So, I mean, very well, like you said, that, that could be the situation, but still it doesn't make for a pretty PK. It, it yeah. looks kind of sloppy and yeah. it went in though. So that's all that matters. It's a goal. I guess, I guess we're just old school, Josh. We we like we like the guys who just come up and just bury it in the corner. Nothing flashy. No uh, no chips down the middle. No uh, Paul Pogba twenty year run ups. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just want confidence. I want it to look very confident. I, I don't yeah. care if you do chip it up. Like I don't care. Just just know what you're gonna do and do it. And yeah. it sometimes feels like when they do a stutter step or a weird uh, run up, it feels kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't have confidence in my kick being good enough. Uh, OK, cool. Now I can kick it and you already moved. Uh, but it one worked my, and we got a goal. One, one of my favorite players of all time, uh, Andrea Pirlo. He's this Italian guy who now like owns a vineyard in Italy and he's this long, luscious Italian hair. I love there was a, I'm thinking of a penalty he took once. Yeah, he's yeah, he does he does little chip and it's like, yeah, he looked he looked cool and graceful and confident when he did it. Like so I know what you mean. I just want an excuse to talk about Pirlo. That's all that's that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh and then uh, speaking of the keeper, um Laura, Laura, I don't know how you say his name. Laura, I think. Uh, so obviously, still army. We're going to, you know, badger the keeper, try to get the keepers, just try to make him not as much into the game or pay attention to the game. Yeah, this guy was playing back and forth with us way too much. Really? Oh my gosh! Yeah, like he would like. Keeper, keeper, give us a wave. He waves at us, like and like stuff like that. I'm like, you should not be paying attention to our chance. Like, this is not a good idea. Even like the silly stuff where it's like, you know, we're screaming like left, right, left, right after the like they're walking away from us uh, at halftime, and he's like stutter stepping as we're doing our chant. Like, <laughs> at least that is after the the clock is out. You know what I mean? Like it's halftime, yeah. so it's not like it's in the middle of the game. But uh, Deflate Gate. Did you see the whole at the very beginning of the game? The yeah. Oh, I, I remember the the ball was not like yeah. yeah. So we started doing like Brady chants to him because of Deflate Gate, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, it's fun." <laughs> like, <laughs> stop paying attention to us, dude. Like, <laughs> your head should be in the game, not like trading barbs with us. Like, this is... <laughs> yeah, I don't, that, that probably doesn't speak well to his uh, to his concentration. Yeah, I'm just uh, saying it, it's not a good look. Like, you should be ignoring us at all times if possible uh but yeah, yeah don't don't feed the wolves don't <laughs> yeah and like even if it's just fun stuff like we're gonna like keep on doing it just because that at that point it's like okay even if you're not like angry at us you're still right. paying attention to us like right. it's it's not really we have to get you angry we just have to get you disengaged with the game a little bit <laughs> so oh, i love that i love that story <laughs> mind games you play it's <laughs> awesome uh well, well, it's Steve. Uh, it said that uh, Neil Collins on TV was caught swearing during that flat ball incident. I did not know that. They were pretty apologetic. They're like, really sorry. If you're... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. It was. It was that. I mean, I've already talked about the the uh, announcers once before. There's another one, and the last thing I have to. They went on. I'm not joking. They went on talking about like chewing gum for like three minutes straight. Like in was the a game half. that boring? No, it's, it was 
I, it made no sense to me. They were talking about like, oh, what chewing gum? What kind of guy? Like, what? what I think they were trying to guess what chewing gum Neil Collins chews. I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, there's a game happening. And, like, just kept talking for two minutes, and like at the end of it, like, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm not really a chewing gum guy. <laughs> Scandal. Scandal. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, yeah. Uh, is there anything else about this game you want to cover before moving on to uh, what we have coming up next week? Um, I mean, I, th- I thought maybe the last thing would be in a season where we haven't necessarily necessarily shown up in the big moments in a season where we haven't been able to close out games very well. Um, I thought we did a pretty good job at the end of this game. I mean, being two nil up and playing pretty well throughout the entire game with a good atmosphere helps. But I mean, you know, it gets to the 80th minute where two nil up and Tampa was creating some chances. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do with the quality that Tampa has. And, and it felt like we were comfortable. I, I don't know how you kind of saw it, but in the last 10 minutes, I didn't feel like we gave up a ton of chances. I felt like we, we still kind of kept pushing. Um, you know, we didn't make this, the mistake that we did against Miami. Um, and uh, that kind of gave me, that kind of gave me some confidence of, of not just, you know, we are better defensively. I mean, that, I mean, that's another notch in our belt, right? I mean, we haven't, I can't remember the last time we had a shutout. I mean, we probably just had one like three games ago and I just forgot, but like <laughs> we played, def- we played well defensively against an incredibly good team. Um, sure. We gave up chances, but you're going to do that against a team like Tampa. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I thought, I thought we closed out the game a lot better than we have previously. Um, if you want to know when our last uh, shutout was, even though we didn't score either. <laughs> I absolutely do. It was a 0-0 game against the Rowdies. Oh, was it really? Yeah, because, fun fact, the Rowdies have never won at Highmark Stadium, ever. And hmm. they've gotten a couple draws, and that was one of the draws they got. was a 0-0 draw. Uh, that was back in August. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, that's Take still, that, Neil Collins. still true. The Rowdies have still yet to win at Highmark Stadium. Sweet. Uh, and I think that goes all the way back to, like, I want to say 20, when did, when did they join the league? I think it's like 2015 or something like that is when they joined. It's like 10 games. I don't know. 10 games at Highmark Stadium. And they have not won one yet, including the the fantastic uh, Open Cup game uh, that we beat them. That I was the same year as uh, Miracle on the Mon. Oh, nice. Yeah, we were just talking about that on Twitter the other day. But anyway, going back. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about uh, the standings we have going on right now. Uh, we believe we have a graphic to pull up here to help out. Oop. Is it there? Yes. It's there. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. All right. So uh, we are now in second place, which was not the case for a while there. We were all the way down, I think, to fourth place. Um, yeah. Coming into this game, we're in fourth. Yeah. So that this win was huge. Gives us 51 points. Charlotte is right below us at 49 they do have a game in hand so they could leap us uh if you know they were to win out uh miami is at 48 points and they also have a game in hand and then after that we have char or charleston uh with 34 points but they have two games in hand but still that's feel pretty safe against charleston interestingly enough this week was huge because one it clinched us the playoffs uh 
but also now Hartford, New York, and Loudoun have all been eliminated from the playoffs. So it's still up for grabs who's going to be, you know, uh, second, third, or fourth. But it's getting it's getting pretty close, and there, there's only yeah. three games left for us at least. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I was trying to look at the schedules of everything. I mean, yeah, it is it is extremely tight um, around that second spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Miami game's huge. I mean, that's just it's it's huge. Uh, but kind of taking that out and just acknowledging that. Um, I mean, Miami doesn't have the greatest running out of out of the like the three teams, including us, in contention. They got to play us. I think they have to play Tampa again. Oh, and I think they have. Um, well, no, I think they're split. I think two games home, two games away. But I think their away games are are kind of rough. I think their home game is like against Red Bulls or something. Um, so I mean that Miami's loss against Loudon was huge, and and their red card against Loudon was could prove to be huge. Um, and yeah, I mean, what I think. I think Charlotte has like Austin away in the last game of the season, which could prove to be difficult. Um, yeah, I'm not sure so, about Austin, so I have no clue what to expect from that. I just I'm I'm thinking purely just like based off of travel, and if if it's True. coming down to like you need to win on the last day, playing against a team you haven't played you know all season and going away. Well, maybe they no they they might have. Right, based off of the rules and the scheduling, I thought you would play. No, the the West Coast teams they don't have to play twice. So okay. Um, So yeah, I mean it's it's last week it felt it felt more predetermined than it does now. The results this last week blown it all up, and and now it it feels like it's right back on edge again, and it's all to play for and. Three game, three games in a row that have been just huge um, for us, and and this is a, this is another huge game. I mean, what the the stereo, not the stereotype, but the overplayed phrase or whatever. You know, every game's a cup game from here on out, and uh, cup final, and uh, yeah, it's they're going to be huge. So let's let's see what happens. Yeah, and with Miami, keep in mind. Okay, so one, we're going in, and they have uh, what is it? Paco Craig has a a red card in the Loudon game. So he's going to be missing that game. Uh, but also they, so they play us on Saturday and they play the Rowdies on Wednesday. When I think he misses the Rowdies game too. Is it? I, I don't well, know. I, th- I think it depends on the red. I think it's a straight red. You miss two. If it's oh, two okay. yellows, you just miss the next game. And I think the commentators were talking it, about it in a way that it might've been a straight red because it was a straight red. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They hinted at the fact that he was going to be missing uh, the Tampa game. So that, and that's you know short rest. So in they're going, you know it's not a huge travel for Miami to Tampa Bay, but still right. they're not at home. Still away, yeah, yeah. It's still an away match, so you you have that playing on a different field at least. Um, and yeah, and it's going to be a big game. It's not like the Rowdies aren't going to show up against their in-state rivals. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's a huge game for both teams, <laughs> even with Tampa clinching the first place spot. Uh, in our division, they they want the points as well, though, because the second round depends on your points versus, you know, whoever you're up against. So Tampa still has a lot to play for. Uh, so, you know, that game is going to be tough and it's going to be a midweek game after playing us. So, yes, I think we can beat Miami. I 
I do. Like I like, after this game, like, yeah, we can beat anyone. <laughs> Which we said that we showed, in the past. I, I thought we showed enough of it in the game. You know, in the game a few weeks, like what a week and a half ago or whatever against against Miami. I thought I thought we played them well. Um, no, I mean this this upcoming game against Miami. You know, let's say we get in a re- if we get a result and win. I mean, Miami's in. I don't want to say deep trouble because I mean they're they're in all likelihood will make the playoffs just fine, but I think they're in serious trouble of, of finishing fourth um, because if they if they lose against us and then they're looking at a, like a must win scenario against Tampa, um, you know that's that's you don't want to put yourself in that scenario uh, and and yeah I mean Charlotte you know they they've been on a bit of a run lately and, and seemingly are, are playing well so. And and I think their schedule looks pretty, you know. I think barring I already pointed out the Austin game, but I think it probably looks the most favorable out of uh, out of the three. Yeah, um, and then speaking of schedules, let's look at our schedule. So we have, you know, nothing but Saturday games left. So no midnight nice. games. We only have three games left, and Miami is our only away game. So we nice. have a home game on the twenty third against the battery and then a home game on the 30th against Hartford. Um, so all in all, that's, that's not, you know, a bad place to be. I mean, Hartford, we were talking early in the season, like, Oh, they're a great team. They're a good team. They, you know, they're eliminated from the playoffs already. Um, granted the, the, you know, points are so close to each other uh, near yeah. the middle of the table and even closer, you know, six, fifth and fourth. They're not like huge swings. Um, but yeah, so Harvard being eliminated, I feel like does that change anything? Or no. I mean, yes and no. I mean, Loudon beat Miami. I mean, you know, it's yeah, yeah. You know, Loudon weirdly are becoming one of my favorite like second teams because I feel like that, like the fact that like they had the audacity to like beat us <laughs> like when they didn't beat anyone <laughs> and then they just have the audacity to just beat Miami out of nowhere when they haven't like beaten anyone it's just I think hilarious to me um but uh I lost my train of thought on where I was going with this but <laughs> does it matter that they that Hartford has been eliminated oh right they're gonna be one of our last games I, I think you can argue it either way. Yeah, and, and it depends on the team and it depends on the dressing room. Sometimes that means they're just playing a lot looser and free and that ends up play, you know, putting a very good quality team out in the field um, that has nothing to lose. Um, so I think it can be argued either way. And unless you know the team that, that we're playing, I, I can't really make a judgment call on that. But I mean, I'd rather I'd rather play them than Charleston or something who, who still you know had a shot at something to play for. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and it, I think it's really nice that both of those games are at home. I mean, the, the commentators, um, I feel like this is a stat I probably should know doing this podcast, but the commentators kind of pointed out throughout the game that I think since Lily, um, 80, like around 90% of all games at Highmark have been like non losses. Um, so 90% of the time we either win or draw when, when Lily has been here at Highmark, which is a great, you know, stat to go in for, for the final two home games, uh, where we, we probably in all likelihood need a lot of points. So, yeah, I mean, it's, everything comes down to this Miami game and let's, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be huge. Um, oh boy. Yeah. It's coming down the wire. I can't believe there's only three games left of the season. It feels like it's, uh. Happened really fast, but we're, we clinched the playoffs. We're definitely going to be, you know, 
in there. So that's great. I just really want this first or the second place in the playoffs, like or in the stands. So that way we can have a home playoff game. I'm, so. I'm, I'm like so on your wavelength about this. I, th- I think before even like three or four weeks ago, I would have been like, eh, well, we'll make it work. But like, it feels like so much it, that feels like the dessert that you get by from being a good kid, like <laughs> all day or something like that. Like that. It's like, yes, I want that. Like, come on. I want high mark. Yeah. Home, home playoff game. It would mean so much, so much. Yeah. Um, Pretty much all I got for that. Um, in other soccer news, uh, U.S. men's national team lost against Panama. I, di- I didn't watch the game. I was at Highmark Stadium watching the Hounds kill the Rowdies. So I'm not sure <laughs> how it looked. It sounded like it sounded bad. I don't know if you watched any of it or saw anything about it. But yeah, I I don't know. It's it's sad. What's this? What's this? What's like the situation for it? What, what, like did did the U.S. men's team play like? play everyone and still lose like was it like reina and pulisic and like i mean this these... is this is still important game like this is the i keep i want to call it the hex because it used to be called the hex for mm. the play or for the world cup qualifiers it's now the octagonal i believe i think that's what they're calling the octagonal no so there's eight there's eight teams that are competing that okay. uh and so i mean we're not in dire straits yet but losing against panama again sucks and that's that's all i got i don't really know much more like i said i didn't watch it i was too depressed to look at anything about the game because i was like hmm, okay who cares don't want to don't look back too busy being happy about the hounds yeah beating the rowdies so forget that. <laughs> i mean panama can't be too high up in the world rankings oh so yeah <laughs> can't be good i mean i maybe to linger on this a second more i mean do you feel confident about i i don't follow the u.s men's national team but do you feel like they have a a good group of, of young players. It seems like that from the outside looking in. Yeah. It's, it's just so disorganized. It feels like everything's just kind of like half, you know, put together and you don't know. And it's just, I don't know what's going to happen. So right. like, could we not qualify for the world cup yet again? Yeah, we could. And that would suck. <laughs> it's all right. If, if, you know, the, if the global soccer governing bodies have their way, you know, we'll have a major tournament like every year. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to have the World Cup in a you know couple of years, so yeah. not couple. And <laughs> yeah, I forget what year that is, but yeah, like eight years away from now, we're going to have the World Cup. So we'll we get in that one. We have to <laughs> suckers. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I mean, that's probably a good a good like age range for all these young players too. Could yeah, be, could be something. All right. Yeah. Well, so I guess we excited. don't care about U.S. men's national team until the World Cup comes to America. Exactly. And then I'll pay attention. Yep. <laughs> I'm lying. If we make it in the World Cup, I'll be so happy. But anyway, <laughs> that will do it for this week, I think, unless there's anything else you want to talk about soccer-wise. We did 55 minutes. Look at us. 55 minutes. We're like, I don't know if we're going to be able to, two of us talking by ourselves about this yep. game. We'll see. Yep. Just shows that we can talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> Our wives love us. <laughs> All right. Uh, help support the podcast by going to mongols.com and click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. Weekly reminder that black lives matter. Check out Roughneck Scarves at roughneckscarves.com. Uh, check out Icarus FC at icarusfc.com. And check out the beautiful game network at bgn.fm. Uh, Thanks, everyone. Uh, We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.